Hi, and welcome to another Lockdown Live. This time I've got another guest for you, and hopefully you'll get something out of this as well. So I want to welcome Jay, who's a, a, a friend, family friend, fellow Arsenal fan. Um, he's the lot, basically. He's about four and one. But most importantly, he's a GP currently working for the NHS. Um, and obviously during the, the coronavirus crisis, it's been quite a job. So Jay, welcome. How are you? I'm very well, Akil. Thanks for having me on. That's no problem, no problem. I mean, how, how firstly, I mean, how, how are you finding the sort of lockdown and stuff? Obviously, you're still working and you're probably busier than ever. But I mean, how, how are you finding it when you're home and weekends and, and sort of that, the outside of work stuff? It's, it's weird now. We're now six or seven weeks in. It's become a new norm and you just get used mm. to uh, the, the changes you've had. So work is, is definitely got busier. Uh, people are needed to be seen and, and needing treatment. Um, and at home, it's, 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 it's made my life simpler, to be honest. I've got two young children and, um, and my wife's been doing a great job looking after them. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been different, but it's, the, it's, it's got, I've got into a good routine and um, yeah. it's going well, thank you. So professionally, I mean, what, what's, I hate to ask, but what, what, what's, what's the last two months been like? I mean, it's just, it, we're, we're going through an absolute unique situation that probably none of us will ever have to see again. I mean, how, how's it been like for you? I, I have to say I'm really proud of my colleagues. The NHS has, has stood up. Mm. Um, in general practice, we've made changes which would normally take years in a matter of weeks. For example, video consultations. We've been asked to do video consultations for years. Mm-hmm. And there's always been resistance. But within, within a couple of weeks, we're all doing video consultations. Patients have responded really well to them, which has been great. Um, and, and to be fair, patients have been understanding as well uh, in respect to the workload we have. Yeah. My colleagues have been working really hard. Uh, we're just trying to do our best for the community and do our, uh, do our bit uh, and to help our colleagues in, in, in care, in hospitals mm-hmm. and in, in social care. So overall, really proud. And I mean, those sort of video conferencing like you talk about, I mean, even for you, it's a new way of working. I mean, how's that been? And and actually, have you noticed that this is actually a lot more efficient and maybe we might keep doing this where you can, obviously? I I think there are definite positives. I mean, to be fair, we had a model of telephone triaging a lot of our patients. And this is just an add-on because you've got, you've got the video aspect as well. Mm. And, And it's been really nice. I think patients really appreciate not having to come in it makes it easy. It's more efficient for them. It's a bit more efficient for us. You can't do everything through videos, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. Um, but we're finding that vast majority of patients we can do by video. For example, before I'd be seeing about 40 patients face-to-face. It's now gone down per day, and now it's gone down to two or three per day. So a big difference. Um, it's, a bit, it's a bit more risky on our end, and we have to be really careful uh, with what, what we diagnose and how we, uh, how we advise patients. But in fact, it's, it's, it's been really, really well received from, from our side and also the patient's side so far. Yeah. And obviously, we, we've had all these messages around stay at home, save lives, you know, help the NHS, you know. I mean, how important is respecting that and staying home? And obviously, when, when you know, things could change in a few days with, 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 with plans and stuff. But generally, as we look at it right now, how important is it? Okay, well, it's, it's very simple for me. If everyone stayed at home, the virus cannot spread. Mm-hmm. And, and it's simple as that. And it's, I think on the whole, people have been staying at home, but you can see more and more, and, and, and it's quite natural. There's, there's more travel, there's more people on the roads and people walking, and that's how the virus spreads. So if we can hold out for a little while longer, I really think um, 
the COVID-19 can be stopped at this point. There might be second waves, but we can try and reduce pressure on NHS and, and especially uh, the vulnerable patients, looking after them. That's, that's, mm. what, that's what's really helped the lockdown. Mm. And I mean, how's that been then? Because you, you, you've got patients, obviously, that you know are vulnerable, that you, you, you know, are probably begging you for appointments face to face because they're probably slightly, they need to be reassured and stuff like that. Some of them might not be good with technology. How are you sort of dealing with that? And, and that must be quite tough. Yes, it is. Um, it can sometimes make you feel quite impotent as a doctor because a lot of things that you want, you could normally do, you just can't do so for some patients. So we are still seeing, we're still seeing the vulnerable patients. We're doing home visits. Our, our, we don't have patients in a waiting room, so it's a safe place for them to come. So we're not saying they can't come and see us, but it's very difficult in some cases, especially the elderly patients, when it's, it's stuff, stuff that you would normally send to the hospital for treatment. The risk is that if they went in, they might contract COVID um, and they, they might not come out. So it's making those assessments, having those difficult conversations about whether we try and treat it at home, which might not be the best case for them, uh, or sending them into a, in a hospital, which they might, they might contract the virus. It's, it's been some really difficult decisions, especially when, when it comes to end-of-life care as well. Mm, mostly horrible. I mean, you, you mentioned it in the sort of it, the intro bit, uh, that you've got two young children, you're having to make kind of home visits and stuff. So you're, you're, you're literally putting yourself at risk every day and, and along with all the other, you know, NHS heroes that we have. Do you think about that when you wake up in the morning that, you know, I'm putting myself at risk, got two children. Does that make you feel quite nervous? I think, I think at the start, I, 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 there was times when I was, I was, I said to my wife, look, I, if, if I were to go to hospital, this might, you won't be, I, you won't be able to come and visit me. This might mm. be the last time you see me, which sounds really wow. drastic. But those and are the things that happen. And you had those sort of conversations with, with your wife? I did, I did. Yeah. I mean, she, she's a GP as well. She completely mm. understands. She's currently on maternity leave. Yeah. But in, in, in reality, we, we, at the start, we didn't have much gear at all. We had very few masks and very, very little PPE. But now, uh, now we, we, luckily, we're fully stocked with PPE. We're fine in terms of seeing patients. But you're right, there's always a risk um, that we, we, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves um, in front of the virus. But in... in it's something that you have to deal with. This is our job. And if I can't do it, who's going to do it? You know, I'm, I'm relatively on, on the lower end of the risk scale. Some of my colleagues have stayed, have been uh, staying at home uh, yeah. because they have, they've got medical problems. Mm. So you know, I, I, I feel horrible being at home, not being able to do my job. Mm. And I'm just doing, all I'm doing is my, um, all I'm doing is my bit for, for, yeah. for to help yeah. the community. And you're doing, you're doing very well too. Um, What's pressure in your role? I mean, I presume you're under pressure now, um, just with everything going on. But generally, what's pressure? Do you feel you're under pressure pretty much every day of your, of your life, really? I mean, I, I, the reason why I asked that is I remember um, uh, going to, I took my grandma, so she, she's obviously, she's unfortunately passed away now, but I took her to get to um, our local hospital to see a doctor uh, for she had some issues with her eyes, so she was going for injections. And when we went in there, the, the the doctor just mentioned he was only in the hospital one day a week. He did Wednesdays there, for example, and he was saying that he has about he sees about forty patients in the one day, and we, we were just gobsmacked. Forty patients in one day, and then you know there's that whole you know laugh about uh, our doctors are always kind of delayed and and and, and stuff like that. I kind of saw why, and that was a real moment for me because actually 
he his name is Dr. Pierce, and I, and I remember I've only met him once, but for for ten minutes, but I remember his name because the time he gave us and gave my grandma, he, he just you know you wouldn't have known he's got thirty nine other patients to see. It was a real good good service, but that obviously does mean he might be a little bit behind because some people will take longer than others. It's understandable, but. So, so maybe that, maybe actually there's pressure every day. But if I was to ask you, what's pressure in your job? What is pressure? I, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? If you, if, you, if you take a normal day, forget about COVID, and you've got 14 patients in a day, each patient is segmented to 10 minutes. Some patients may take a few minutes. Some patients may take two or three times that amount of time. Mm. And what you've got to do in your... In Some may GP, take 10 minutes to get into the room. Because if oh, you're yeah, yeah, exactly. slow walking, you know exactly. So exactly. you've got to bear that all mind. But, that, but that's, the, that's that's part of the job, and you've got to basically you've got to segment each patient, and you've got to imagine that that that, that interaction with a doctor is the, maybe the most important interaction they have they have that week. So there's one or two patients of mine who come and see me just for a chat because they haven't, and it's only chat. It's only time they have a meaningful conversation. They come and see me, and that makes you feel quite warm. So you want to make that ten or whatever, however long the conversation is, golden for them. It's really important. So you might, on one end, you might be seeing, you might be telling a patient a, 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 a poor diagnosis one end, and then you might be saying, you're telling someone they're pregnant the next time. But it has to be segmented. You can't let one consultation go to the next consultation. Mm. So a pressure for me is, is, is when you're overrun, when you, when you have had a tough day, when you've had bad news after bad news, bad news, and it kind of does, it's natural for it to come into you. So you've got to give yourself a few minutes after, after, when, you, when you're feeling under stress, just take a step back. Just go. Just get out of the room. Go for a walk. Make a coffee, and then come back in. That other thing I found is, it's during this time is that, as I said before, is not being able to do my job properly. When you know that, if it was a couple of months ago, I'd be able to help that patient, and, yeah. I'm, and at the moment, I'm not able to help, and that makes you feel really sad, and you feel you, you're powerless as a doctor, and and unable to use your skills uh, for some patients. And as I said. At the start, especially when there was very little services in the hospital, everything was going towards coronavirus. There were some cases where, where uh, unfortunately, it was life or death, and I uh, basically had to give them a choice. And it's really sad because that, those those are people's grandparents, and that's how that's how you have to mm. deal with those situations. And you have to be honest with them and say, "This is all, all I can do." Mm. It must be a really hard conversation to have. Mm. It, 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 I think they were, for me they were really hard conversations. It's very rare I come back and tell my wife about patients i try and leave work at work and come home whereas other people you know my wife will tell will give the whole whole day's uh workload to me just pass it on to me i i kind of try and keep work at work but there's a few times i had to come back and say i'm i just felt i felt distraught yeah yeah i mean but general practice is a a, a positive uh generally a positive workplace to be in it's just been a difficult few months for the whole for the whole country yeah yeah course um when you were young did you always know you wanted to be a gp or did you always know you wanted to work in the medical field or not at all and i, I think the only time I, I was i went to boys school i enjoyed i enjoyed school um to be honest it's only when work experience kicked in when i actually started thinking about careers okay. before then i had no idea what I wanted to do i kind of liked all subjects i probably science science bachelor as as with most indian boys were, 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 were my forte but in reality i I had to have a really hard think when I was 16 about what I wanted to do. And it really came down to me knowing myself. I wanted, I knew that I needed something that challenged me. I needed something that would allow me to speak to people because the way I learn is by interacting with people. 
I'm, yeah. I'm more of a listener. I, I like learning from other people. So I wanted a job that would allow me to do that. Um, and something that would allow me to keep growing and not just stop at a certain point. Because I would be doing a job for the next 40, 50 years. So you wanted something that would keep me interested and not mm. just have a job which I just pay the bills. I want to do yeah. something that if I'm going to spend half my life doing it in, in, to try and enjoy it. And in medicine, medicine was kind of, let's try, let's, let's try it. And the great thing about medicine, I feel, is that there's a job for everyone. Different mm. personalities, from your dermatologist, to your radiologist, to your microbiologist, to, to your general practitioner, to an orthopedic surgeon. So uh, during university life, there's a whole range of personalities. And that's the beauty about medicine. You kind of find, find your own route. Yeah. And what would you say is your biggest high to you to, today? And by that, I don't mean, you know, anything. It, doesn't, it can be the smallest thing, but it can be a personal high for you. Something that really you came back and you were proud you know, and obviously don't go into too many details if, if, if obviously you can't, but just generally. It's, it's, I, think, I think generally it's when, when a, it's a, <laughs> well, the proudest moment is when, you know, especially when I first joined the practice, uh, they said, oh, your mum must be really proud of you. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So when you've done a good job, for, when you try to do your best for a patient and, and gone that extra mile and just to help them out, because those small things that I can do can make major differences to patients. So th- I think those are the highs. Um, I think personally, um, becoming a partner as well was, 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 you know, was, was a massive boon for me as well. But really for me, it's the patients. It's that relate, the relationships I have with patients is the most important thing. I think there's probably about 20 or 30 patients who I've got to know really well. Patients I see regularly. And, yeah. and you know, that's, that's, that's why I go to work for, to be honest. Mm, that's nice. And what about Lowe's? I mean, maybe it is those conversations you've had recently, but... Is there any what what what's what or what's your lows or what's the hardest thing you you have to do in your role? Um, for for me personally, the hardest part was after so after you finish medicine, you do two years uh, called foundation year one and foundation year two. Yeah. Then you join the specialty, what most people do. I fell out of love with medicine in my second year because uh, it just became I was in medicine. You're there together for six years. You have lots of friends around you, and then all of a sudden you're you're in the workplace. And there's no real in between. I, you know, you, 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 all of a sudden you're a doctor. I say, mm. whoa, you know. And after two years of doing it, I, I felt really drained. And I felt I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what specialty I wanted to do. And I need, really need to take a step back. I was, I was stuck in the hospital in, in the middle of Kent. So it was away from everyone else. And I'm someone who mm. needs people around me. Um, and it was, it was, for me, the low was actually... Uh, thinking about actually leaving medicine so taking a year out and, and and finding a new route was really important for me so that's that's what I did I took a year out and did a master's in sports medicine which uh, with the plan to become a sports doctor okay. and and most general uh, most sports doctors have got to, uh, have to be to be a consultant or a certain state so general practice was one way, one route to get into sports medicine training and then so I, I entered general practice general practice training and I loved it. It was just for me. Mm. And I hadn't realized it. It was from, from progression from being, wanting to be an orthopedic surgeon to doing sports medicine to doing general practice. And, and that's what it is. I, I had to be true to myself. I really enjoy general practice. And it allows me to cover sports medicine as well. So mm. low for me was really falling out of love with what I really wanted to do. I was spending you know, so many years doing something and really not knowing my place. And yeah. actually had, taking the time out to go back into it was really useful for me. Okay. And... What motivates you? What, what, what gets you out of bed every day? And maybe is there some days where you, you don't want to get out of bed? I don't know. But 
What what no, generally no. motivates you? Listen, actually, the day the day I don't feel like getting out of bed is, is the day I just do something else. You know, we've only yeah. got a short time, and if, if if it gets to a point where I just don't, you're going to have bad days, but if you yeah. feel like it's just getting too much for you, it's time to do something else. What motivates me is able to being able to make a change and making changes. So you, for me, you don't make changes for change's sake. You have to, there has to be a reason. And mm-hmm. being, a, being a partner and owning a business and being able to make changes has been really useful. So I'm always thinking of ideas of how I can make the practice better for patients. And so it's, it's from the smallest thing, from, um, from, uh, from reception changes and having a water cooler in the reception to big yeah. changes in, in terms of uh, changing the way we work in terms of video consultation or telephone. So... In reality, that's that's what motivates me is trying to make a change, a positive change for my patients. Okay. And you just you mentioned before about when you've got your your X amount of patients in a row per day, and if you if you've had five or six sort of negative news, how do you get yourself back up for it? Because as you said, it can get you quite down. But how do you get? Do you do you take a few minutes out and think, you know what, it's fine if the next patient, if it, if it's a bit delayed, because it's better for them if I'm in a better headspace? Do you just power through? Do you think about your kids? Do you think about something else? You know, how do you kind of, you know, get through that? So if I give you the scenario, you've just had five patients, all been negative, unfortunately. You've got your sixth. What do you do? And how do you get over it? No, you're right. So I think the worst thing is, is getting stressed about being late. So all my, all my patients will know that if I'm running late, it, it, when, they, when I get to them, I'm not going to be rushing them. Yeah. So I, can't, I, have to, I have to be in the in mode that I'm not going to be rushing the next patient. For me, I've got a few triggers in my room. I have a pictures up of my children. I, 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 I go for, or I go for a coffee or I, just, I take a step out and just try to go and speak to someone. There's something about something else. So I've got to, I go and speak to the reception about you know, something they're watching on TV or talk about football with someone, and then I come back in. That two minutes is so important just to reset. Um, so that, that's what I do. And if you had to give one tip to someone who was either thinking about going... Oh, I'm going to ask you two questions, actually. One is someone young going through education, and they want to go into, into medicine. What is the one tip you would give them? And the second question is someone who's already in medicine who's potentially found the last two months absolutely stressful, what would be your tip to them to keep going? If that makes sense. Um, I think so someone young. One. Yeah. Yeah. So someone young who's whatever you want to do, don't let anyone say that you can't do it. Surround yourself with people who are going to support you. So if someone, if you, whoever it is, I was very lucky. I didn't come from the best background. I, I grew up in, 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 in London and, I, and luckily enough I, I was able to go to school in Surrey but what I did what I was, what I was able to do I had good foundation and my, whether, it be, whether it be your parents or a group of friends who will be happy when you succeed you mm-hmm. don't want to be around people who will be jealous and you always for me it was all about trying, trying to keep challenging myself it took a few years for me to get used to people who come from private schools and try, trying to keep up with them and, it, and in my university as well for, from a grammar school kid it was always trying to beat my, get myself to the next level. And that's what you have to do. Try and keep pushing yourself. And whatever you want to do, get, ask advice. Don't sit, don't sit there thinking there's no one there to support you. Keep knocking on doors. It's really important. And, um, and that, that's, that's, that's what you have to do. It's your life. You have to take control. No one's going to give you anything. Take control of your life. And if you want something, find out how to do it. Get advice and go for it. Just keep going for it. Because... And work kind of the first few years, for the, for the, for the, until, until you get to university, 
those, those when you, that's when your brain's a sponge. It's try and acquire as much information as you can and get, your, get yourself your own foundation so then you can bounce forward and, and, and go wherever you want. Yeah, for, really for, for, doctors, for, for doctors who, wanna, who are feeling a bit dis, disenfranchised, unhappy with NHS, which happens, it's, you know, mor- morale is, sometimes can be really low in NHS. Mm-hmm. I think take, give yourself some time. Just reevaluate why you, why you first joined the profession is because it can be easy to forget, especially I can imagine, especially now in hospital and I can speaking to colleagues in hospital it is really tough, but remember what, how important you are and the skills you have. And, and, and if you need to take a break, take a break like I did for, for, for however long, take, take a sabbatical and just re- reevaluate. And if it's not for you, do something else. Do not be scared. Do not fit. Do not have fear. Yeah. yeah that's really good advice. Um, and yeah, I think I think you're right. I'm sure there's people out there right now who are just really, you know, under pressure and under it. Maybe who are, who are, who are doubting themselves or doubting their careers. But I think, as you say, I think what's important is that they're doing such a great job, and we see it on Thursday evenings at, at eight o'clock. We see all the nice messages that the NHS are getting, which I think is 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 spot on. Absolutely, you know, you know, I have people in the NHS as well, close to me. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's such a great job. So I think, Jay, you know, keep doing the job you're doing. Keep that positive attitude. Keep helping people because actually without people like you, I don't think the country would, well, would be able to go. And I, and I think we're seeing that at the moment. So, Jay, I think final message, I guess, would be, why is it again important to stay home? I just want to stress that point. Again, I stress that the virus cannot spread if you're at home. So please do your best to stay at home. I know you have, if you have to go out, you have to go out. But if it's not needed, stay at home. Let's try and beat the virus together. You're helping the whole, whole country by staying at home. And I know it's difficult and it'll get, it'll get harder as, as it goes on. But you, everyone's doing a great job. Let's keep it up for weeks and let's get over this first wave. Let's, the aim is to try and get to a point where we can try and get a vaccination so the longer we get with uh, holding this virus the more chance we get to have a in the vaccine get them ready and let's 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 beat this virus great thank you jay and um yeah take care um hope your kids and and, and, and wife are well and stay self stay safe sorry yourself as well look after yourself because that's that's just as important as looking after your patients thanks thanks keep doing what you're doing cheers bye-bye